Hey folks, Randy Newberg here. I am getting ready to do another bonus episode of Leopold's Hunt Talk Radio. And I need to give apologies for how long it's taken me to get to this. Uh, I suspect, like many of you, the craziness of our current times with social distancing have made your lives as complicated as mine. Uh, we've got nine of us here working from homes and trying to get video audio, podcasts, all that done with those complications has turned out to be a little bit more than I thought, but uh, we'll be okay. The uh, Montana deadline is a week from today, so I want to get this podcast up here ASAP. April 1st is your deadline as of right now. Um, Some people are speculating if Montana's going to move that deadline back because of all we're dealing with, but I don't think they are. Um, I wouldn't bet on that. So make sure you get your application in before April 1st, which, what time? Oh yeah, Montana uses the midnight deadline, but don't, don't wait that long. These state agencies have a tendency to have their websites crash on the last day. So the items that are a deadline of the first are, uh, deer and antelope and this deer and antelope. Deer and elk. Randy, wake up. Obviously, I haven't been getting enough sleep. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> but uh, the the Montana system has to be the most complicated system out there. I don't know why it has to be this complicated, but it is. And we did a YouTube video about Montana that's been up on our YouTube channel for, I don't know, a week or so now. But for those of you who listen to the podcast... We like to make sure we have content here also. Um, But if you're a non-resident, for me to explain this is ridiculously cumbersome, but it's just the way Montana is. So if you want to hunt here, it's the rule you got to follow. I would say that if you're an elk hunter, Montana ranks way higher on your list if you're an archery hunter than if you are a rifle hunter. And here's why. In Montana... We have a lot of elk that in September are up in the high country. Well, our high country is where most of the public land is. Once weather and hunting pressure come later into the, the, the fall, the elk start moving lower. And they start moving lower to places that they've learned are sanctuaries of private private lands. So... If you're a rifle hunter, expect elk in Montana to be a bit tougher hunt than if you're an archery hunter. It just, the way it is, it's the way the landscape lays out. So, if you're applying here, uh, think about that. Our deer seasons, we hunt deer. We, we In Montana, where I live here, we almost have a vendetta against deer. We hunt them in the rut with a rifle, which is pretty tough on mule deer. Thankfully, there are places where mule deer can run and get away from hunters because if not, I'm afraid that we would hammer them even worse here in Montana by hunting them in the rut with rifles. But that's one of the appeals a lot of people have and in coming to Montana is they like to hunt mule deer in the rut with a rifle. Uh, but as you can see by looking at the deer that are harvested, looking at any entries in the record books, the age class takes a serious hit when you are hunting deer in general season 
in the rut with a rifle. So I'm going to talk mostly about the three options that non-residents have when it comes to applying in Montana. And they call them combo tags. And the combo part of the tag is really the fact that they combine an upland bird hunting and a fishing license with it. So that's why Montana uses the term deer combo, elk combo, big game combo. It's because the combination part represents the fact that you can hunt upland birds and you can fish with your combo license in addition to deer or elk or deer and elk depending on what you apply for. So let's talk about each of those. The big game combo you're getting a deer tag and an elk tag plus the small game and fishing. The elk combo you're getting an elk tag plus upland bird and fishing. And the deer combo, you're getting a deer tag plus upland game and fishing. So those are your three options. Um, most people, I would say, apply for either the elk or the big game combo. Uh, and in, the, in prior years, I would say up until about two or three years ago, Montana, you, you didn't need a preference point to draw. Our draw odds were very, very, very high. And so I, I always told people I don't even bother with the preference point. And uh, I think it costs 50 bucks for non-residents. That's why I said don't do it. And uh, last year, it was a tougher tag to draw. All of them, uh, well, any of those three uh, combination licenses that I was talking about, were tougher to draw last year if you did not have a preference point. So... Um, in fact, I'm just looking at the stats. The combo tag, 55% of the people with zero points drew the elk combo tag. 57% with zero points drew. And the deer combo tag, 43% of those without preference points drew. So you can see that, <clears throat> at least using prior years, Montana was a, a situation where it's been... Uh, growing in popularity as the economy has gotten better and buying a preference point might have been worthwhile. Now I'm going to just give this dis disclaimer right now with the whole coronavirus thing and the way our economy is in turmoil, turmoil right now I make no prediction about what the the application pressure will be this year for Montana and whether or not a bonus point will be necessary or a preference point will be necessary so here i am mixing bonus and preference points right the reason that is is montana complicates your life and we have both i'm going to quickly walk through how montana does this for non-residents and hopefully in that process you'll understand where preference points come into play and where bonus points come into play and the same system is used for elk and deer so here's how it goes you have two hurdles you have to clear, or at least one big hurdle you have to clear right up front. You have to get a, a general elk or a general deer license as your first hurdle. And once you're over that hurdle, then you can apply for some of the limited entry deer or elk permits. So when you're applying for the big game combo, the elk combo, or the deer combo, what you get if you are successful, is a general elk tag and or a general deer tag. 
and those let you hunt the majority of the state for long periods of time. Both the elk season and the deer season have 11, 11 weeks of combined hunting. It starts with six weeks of archery. We take a week off, and then it finishes up with five weeks of rifle. So the archery season always starts the first Saturday in September, and the rifle season wraps up the Sunday after Thanksgiving. So that's an awful long period of time, and your general tags cover the majority of the state. So it's that's what you're trying to get when you apply for the big game combo, the elk combo, or the deer combo. Once you get one of those, so you're successful in that first draw, you can say on your application, if successful, please put me in this limited entry draw for deer or for elk. And those limited entry draws are on a bonus point system. So you non-residents who are trying to get over the first hurdle of getting your general tag, those are on a preference point system. In other words, he or she with the most points gets the tag. Once you clear that hurdle, then the limited entry permits go on a bonus point system, which is like raffle tickets, which the more points you have, the greater your likelihood of drawing, but doesn't mean you're going to draw. And to complicate it even further, Montana squares those bonus points. So, yeah, hey, I'm sure by now you're saying, somebody sit down and just do this on purpose to make Montana that complicated and there's a part of me that thinks maybe they did. Uh, so, <laughs> I just, as I'm looking at the regulations here, and they have done a, a good job of simplifying the regulations the last few years, but still, the system itself, just the draws, the, the multiple hurdles non-residents have to clear are, are just, they're, they're the most complicated processes of any Western state. Um, so let's walk this through. Let's say you're going to do the big game combo license. So you're going to apply for the deer and the elk. Plus when you draw that, you're going to get your fishing license and your upland bird. So you apply and you have to submit it online. No longer is Montana doing paper applications, which is why they thought they could move the deadline later. It used to be March 15th. They moved it to April 1st and they will have the results out by April 20th. And the reason they're saying that is because without having all these paper applications process, it's way, way easier. So you do that, you go online, you say, all right, I'm doing the big game combo. And I think that dollar amount is a little over a thousand dollars this year. It's, it's pretty steep. Um, I'm looking at the go hunt insider here. They have the strategy articles out for deer and elk. Um, usually it says what the price is. Um, oh well, I, I know it's, where'd it go? Yeah, anyhow, I think it's a little over a thousand dollars for the combo license. Just go with that. It's like thousand fifty dollars or something. Um, you have to front all that money. Now, if you draw, you can check a box that says, if I draw my general tag, but I don't draw my limited entry tag, refund my money. Well, they will refund 80% of that. So you think about that. Whew, that's a pretty big chunk of money. 
just to build a point for all practical purposes. That's really what you're doing. Um, but also, if you do draw that combo license, whether it's the deer combo, elk combo, or the big game combo, you can get a refund of 80% anytime before August 1st. Anytime after August 1st, your refund is only 50%. So, um, <clears throat> then it, I'm trying to just gauge how deep into the weeds I should go here. I'm not even going to touch that part. I was going to get into all these leftover licenses and return licenses and everything else. Just know to be paying attention. Get on the email list for Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. They will notify you when uh, leftover licenses, or they call them surplus licenses. It's licenses that get returned. Uh, they go on sale in early August. And I'm just going to use that as a, a general date. Uh, and when they go on sale, they go fast. Um, so the, the process you'll go through, if you wanted one of our, let's say the Missouri river breaks is a limited entry tag, right? You go into the draw, you put in for your combo, you draw that and you said, all right, I wanted a tag in unit 410 for elk, which is the South side of the Missouri river breaks, or I wanted a tag in unit 620, which is the North side or whatever. Well, you don't draw that. You don't draw your limited entry tag. You are still sitting on a general tag for elk that allows you to hunt those 11 weeks I talked about. Six weeks of archery, five weeks of rifle in any of the general units. So you won't be able to hunt that limited entry unit you applied for because you didn't draw it. But the remainder of the state, or not the full remainder, but a large portion of the state, is still open to you with that general tag. Um, if you have an elk tag, uh, you're probably going to be hunting the east or the western part of the state, unless you draw one of the limited entry permits for the eastern, southeast, or central part of the state. But let's just go with the general idea that you have a, a, a general tag. The general tag is what us residents can get as an over-the-counter tag. Well, then you've got kind of a fork in the road. Do I like to hunt where there are grizzly bears or do I not? Nothing wrong with saying, eh, I really don't care to deal with these grizzly bears. If that's the case, you're probably going to be hunting north of I-90. And you're not going to be hunting in northwest Montana. Because that's there are very high grizzly bear densities south of I-90. from If you drew a line from Billings to Butte. Uh, south of I-90 is core grizzly bear country. Anything up in the northwest counties of the state, that's core grizzly bear country. So it leaves you some areas. Uh, it still leaves you a lot of areas without grizzly bears, but you just got to decide on that. The better elk hunting in Montana is definitely some of those places, I say, where grizzly bears exist. And uh, it's just a personal decision you have to make. Um, and then you have to obviously decide if you're coming archery hunting, you got to get your archery stamp. Uh, understand that Montana requires proof of one of two things. Either you completed uh, a bow hunter education, certified bow hunter education class, or you have an archery tag from another state from a previous season. 
So, uh, let's see. The limited entry permits that you can apply for once you clear that first hurdle, non-residents are allowed up to 10% of the total. In other words, it doesn't mean non-residents are guaranteed 10%, but you can get up to 10%. Um, some units, there's so much demand from non-residents that you will definitely get that 10% cap allocated to non-residents. Um, if, if you look at what Montana says as the estimate, uh, the, what their models say. I'm going to rattle off how many elk they estimate are in each of the regions. Montana has seven regions, starting with the northeast, uh, northwest part of the state, which is region one, down to the southeast, which is region seven. So region one, which used to be some amazing elk hunting, uh, it's really, really been tough the last 20, 30 years going downhill. Uh, region one, the population is estimated to be around 3,300 elk. Region 2 is estimated to be a little over 22,000 elk. Region 3, which is southwest Montana, is estimated to be 56,000 elk. Region 4, uh, central part of the state, is estimated to be about 32,000 elk. Region 5, kind of south central Montana, is a little over 14,000 elk. Region 6, northeast Montana, is 2,900 elk. And Region 7, far southeast Montana, is estimated to be about 3,700 elk. Um, so it gives you an idea of uh, where the elk densities are. Uh, the deer numbers are all over the map. If you hunt northwest Montana, you're probably going to be hunting whitetails more than you are mule deer. Uh, I would say, as weird as this sounds, the western half of the state anymore has more whitetails than it does mule deer. Um, most people, when they're thinking mule deer, they're hunting the eastern part of Montana, maybe the central part of Montana. Uh, <clears throat> what I tell people to look at is how hard the winters have been. The winters don't affect our elk nearly as much as they do the deer. And hard, very, very hard winters really hammer the deer in Montana. And the winter of 2016-17 and the winter of 18-19 were two really tough winters. And the deer in eastern Montana, central Montana, they really took it on the chin. So be thinking about that as you plan your hunts. Um, the Those areas in the eastern part of Montana, the deer numbers are not anywhere what they were 10 or 15 years ago. And it's going to take a few years of mild winters to get them built back up so if you go over there and you're not seeing much for deer uh, or you don't like the, the age class you're seeing it's a function of two out of three winters being pretty darn hard winters um, montana fish wildlife and parks puts out a a map that shows elk objective status uh, by unit number um, it'll show you if the unit is over objective, at objective, way over objective, under objective, um, I'd go out to the uh, Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks website and look at that because it's a very helpful tool uh, in giving you some ideas of what elk densities might be. Now, I say that, understand that objectives are set not necessarily by science, but a lot of times by political pressure or social t social 
tolerance. So there will be units in Montana that have, uh, it, it might say over objective, but the reason it's over objective is the objective was set so low due to social or political pressure that it doesn't take very many out to exceed that objective. So um, other thing I would say is if you're in Montana, elk hunting, deer hunting, Put a wolf tag in your pocket. You're allowed up to five wolf tags in Montana. And kind of like me, last fall, in November, I was out looking to fill a white-tailed doe tag. And I ran into a wolf and filled that wolf tag. So uh, definitely something to be thinking about. Uh, Montana, so far this year, here it is late March, we've had a pretty mild winter. Um, we're, we're not having one of those winters where it's, you know, dead animals laying all over when the snow melts. So that's that's good news for the wildlife. Um, hopefully we get some spring rain because that keeps the fires down and helps the vegetation grow, which hopefully helps the animals be healthier. Um, if you're looking to buy just the point, um, you don't even want to apply, you just want to buy a point. You can do that in Montana between July 1st and September 30th of each year. Um, it's $25 for the bonus point uh, for non-residents. Um, and let's see, $50 for the preference point. And then you can do party applications. Um, Montana lets you do, I think, up to five people in a party application. And they round it to the nearest whole number based on how many points you have uh, in your your party, whatever that average is. They round it up or down to the nearest whole number. And that's that probably covers Montana, uh, at least for the depth that is needed for this bonus podcast. Just remember the date, April 1st. Don't miss that. Uh, yeah, if you miss that, you're just out of luck. Um, remember that you got to do it online. Uh, you can't mail it in anymore. Um, and that your draw results will be there on the 20th of April or so they're telling us. Uh, and that's, that's kind of it in a nutshell. Long seasons, uh, a lot of opportunity. Uh, one, one thing that people don't quite understand is Montana is about one third public land and two thirds private land. So when you come to Montana, you need to understand you're going to see some elk and deer in places you just can't go after them because of the fact that they're on private land. And in Montana, our trespassing law is it's up to the hunter to know where they're at. That's why Onyx is so important. Their motto is know where you stand. Well, Onyx will help you know that. Um, and if you use promo code Randy, Onyx will give you 20% off any of their uh, app products. And if you use promo code Randy out at the Go Hunt Insider, whose strategy article I'm reading right now to make sure I haven't missed anything, uh, go out to GoHunt.com, sign up for the Insider, save 20, or not 20%, save, well, let's see, about one third. Uh, because they give you $50 of mad money. They give you a gift card for 50 bucks in their gear shop. And you get put in the drawing for a Wyoming commissioner's tag that we have. That go hunts giving away to somebody uh, the first week of July, I believe, is when they're going to give that away. Um, and that's kind of about it. You'll get yourself, I think, this year. If, okay, this is Randy's crystal ball. 
I think this year is going to be a pretty easy year to draw your combination tags in Montana, whether it's the big game combo, elk combo, or deer combo. I think with the economy being what it is, um, you're going to have a really good chance drawing this year. And when you do, um, you, that general tag in Montana is still a pretty darn good tag, especially the archery elk tag. Um, if you like whitetail hunting, I think Montana has way better whitetail hunting than it does mule deer hunting. Um, either way, we got a lot of deer here. Um, just don't expect any huge, huge trophies. Uh, our age class gets cropped off because of how hard we hunt them. And our elk, uh, the elk on public lands, you got to work for them. And especially in rifle season, they know where the sanctuaries are. They're going to force you to work your butt off. Yeah, you might get lucky, but the odds are, if you're the public land self-guided hunter, you're going to earn it when it comes to rifle hunting in Montana. And that's why I think a lot of people prefer archery season. You can hear them. They're moving. They're active. The weather's better. They're more on public land than they are on private land. So you run into fewer of those, fewer of those situations where you might not be able to go after them because of private property. Um, and you'll just... I. Uh, I think Montana has a overall has a pretty good experience when it comes to what what amount of points and 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 such it takes to draw the tag. It's a pretty good darn good experience for what the hunt really is. Um, the archery elk tag in Montana, in most other states, to have a hunt of that quality would probably take three to six points, is my guess as I look around the West. So. You can almost hunt that tag, if not every year, every other year. And uh, so, big plus for the archery elk hunters. With that, uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, sorry, again, that this is late, but uh, these bonus podcasts just sneak up on us between tax season, coronavirus season, uh, and working at home. Things are just a little crazier than they need to be. I hope you are all doing well. Uh, my prayers for all of your your families and, and your good health. Um, crazy times. We'll get through it. No doubt about that. Uh, we've, a lot of us old guys like me, we've seen this time or two before as far as the economy tanking. Uh, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Sooner or later, uh, things turn around. And uh, in the interim, I just wish great health for all of you. Thanks for listening.